This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London FA Cup fourth round podcast. And I am sitting here smiling, chirpy, knowing that I've got another football game in a few days' time. And we have just won a game as well. So things are looking bright on the Brentford Cup. <laughs> ah, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. It's actually the Pride of West London fourth round podcast, Even I've actually had to slip that in because I'm so happy because we have got a win under our belt. We beat Luton last night and it was a very good win as well, a very tough win for us to have as well. And we have got another game on the horizon. So after not having football for so many weeks, we have now got lots of football within a very short space of time. And my name is Billy Grant and I'm happy and I'm still sitting in the virtual joint as I'll be sitting here for the last few weeks and I'll probably be sitting here for another few months as well because we can't go anywhere. But let's just make the most of it and let's watch as much football as possible. And I'm sitting here with my virtual buddies. I've got the Laney in the house. How are you doing, Laney? I'm good, mate. Yes, uh, as you say, nice to get that win under our belts last night. And uh, with the FA Cup looming, um, it gives us uh, a bit more of a focus um, for the match on Sunday now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but it'd be, be nice to have a chat about the game last night and uh, what's going on and around New Griffin Park at the moment. Indeed, indeed. And we've also got the Flarman, Damien the Flarman in the house. We haven't had him since lockdown. He's been locked away himself. The Flarman, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Bill. Yeah, all the better for three more points last night. It was uh, a bit squeaky bum at times, but uh, we came through it unscathed, so that's uh, so that's fantastic. That is very good indeed, and it's interesting because the Flarman is another person on a little rotational basis. As you heard on the last podcast that we had, myself and Lady, we decided to bin everybody off. We just thought the podcast was getting far, far, far too gimmicky, but we, we started to get a bit of pushback from that. You know, there's lots of people that were very unhappy that we binned off the Winker and binned off the JB 
and Bind of the Dutchman and, and even sort of people like Greville the Waterman was moaning that he didn't actually get a, an on-air binning like you know what I'm saying so we've, we might have had to sort of kind of had to have a rethink about this but as we did that now we thought we'd bring in the flower man who hasn't been around for a while as we look at to see how we're going to actually reassess this situation and uh, we'll take it from there and also what I will say to you is actually if you want to actually have a little listen back to that podcast it was if I say so myself a very good podcast because even though we talked about the Luton game as a preview more to the point we talked about mental health Brentford FC football and the pandemic and it's sort of one of those podcasts that you can especially the first half of it you could just listen to it at any time and it's definitely a good listen like I said to you if you're having any problems you know with you know just we've been locked inside your house just kind of getting a little bit depressed you know not basically be able to see your friends not be able to go out just not be able to have your old routine definitely check it out it's telling you places to go to you can go to the calm zone and you can actually check them out because uh they're very very good at, at dealing with you know depression and especially male depression so go and definitely check that podcast out right now but what i will say is it's funny because before that podcast i was feeling a bit like as we said oh jeez oh god you know we struggle we didn't do a podcast actually for a week because we just couldn't be bothered because it was a, a real struggle but it just goes to show you, like, you, you win one match, and I came out of that match hopping and skipping. I was ready to record this podcast at, at five o'clock in the morning. How are you feeling, lady? Yeah, I, I mean, it's something we talked about um, during that, you know, during that sort of uh, mental health uh, discussion that we had. It was just how um, intrinsically linked we are to the, the, you know, the fortunes of Brentford Football Club still, you know. Um, yes, there's obviously much, much bigger problems in the world and yes, there's obviously huge concerns about, you know, uh, finances, jobs, relationships, um, actual, you know, uh, physical health and uh, the COVID and, and, you know, your families. But, you know, it, it, because we're Brentford fans and we're football fans, that obviously is going to have a, a big impact on, on how we feel as well. So, yeah, so to get the Luton game uh, played and and to get, a you know, a winning outcome of that, it, it, it's obviously going to have, you know, be a bit of a shot in the arm to us. And, you know, we talk about the game itself. It didn't go exactly as we'd, we'd all hoped in terms of you know, it, it running up a cricket score and you know, everything going the way of, of, of Brentford. Luton put up a, you know, a, a really good fight. Um, they played pretty well, especially in the second half. So, you know, but when the whistle blow, you're right. It, it's, it's kind of like a relief. It's kind of like a, an almost euphoric release. And wake up this morning and you think yeah my team won last night and you can think about the day in a slightly different way so yeah it, it, for, for people that don't get Brentford people that don't get football you might they might go well you know what what are these guys on about you know it's just it's only a game but we all know that it's it's a lot more than that so yeah the win win was a lot more than three points to a lot of people Bill it was it was it's almost like like I said for me it's almost like reverse kryptonite you know you remove the football it's just like kryptonite for Superman like you know you start losing strength and like losing all that but you, listen there was good points about that game like I said to you but also there's a few sort of kind of negative points again we'll talk about the game itself later but before the game and this has been going around for quite a bit as we know you know on social media Ivan Tony got um, racially abused before the match on social media by a fan. I'm not quite sure exactly what team this this fan supported, but he got he got a bit of 
you know, a bit of you know, Ivan Tony saw it, uh, the club saw it, the club turned out, you know, and I think the police were involved and they said, you know, whoever it is, we're going to, you know, going to fight them. And that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. You know, I'm not to play two minds about it. I'm a black football fan who had been going to football for 40 odd years. I've had loads and loads and loads of racism in and around football, on the terrace, off the terraces, online, everything like that. So at the end of the day, listen, you know, whoever wants to do that, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they get, you dish it out. And you get it. So I think that's kind of fair enough. Then what was quite interesting as well, though, is like after the game, because Ivan Tony got sent off, there was another um, racist incident that kind of got that. That was that was that was raised again, where again, this was where Ivan Tony did the old, you know, the eyes. Um, somebody made a comment about an ape, which was linked to Ivan Tony. Again, this this kid who's a Southampton fan, he's getting all sorts of grief and everything like that. Now, what was quite interesting about this is actually if you start doing the threads back, um, Apparently, this kid had actually not made a mistake, but he had tagged in some sort of conversation, which is an, an online conversation that is had. The, the word ape is used in general terms on the internet, and he tagged in, you know, a conversation which Ivan Tony was into, and it was misconstrued as him calling Ivan Tony an ape, but he never was. Now, the, it's. I thought that this was quite an interesting point because you've got one hand where this kid is basically being hounded by the police for his actions and then you've got his friends saying actually he didn't do this and um, and, and then you've got a general kind of sort of like situation in this country and in the world where you've got a massive increase in racial abuse of players or fans of anybody like you know and I just thought Laney that these were two quite interesting situations what did you think? Yeah, um, you're right. You know, you, there, there is kind of more of a backstory to the to the second one. Um, however, you know, we've seen over the, the recent weeks and months that there there has been quite a few instances where there's been no uh, no room for misinterpretation. There's been no room for error. People uh, online have just been. As, as vulgar and as disgusting as they possibly can to each other um, and with you know with a with a racist or um, 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 an, an ist agenda you know there's lots of disabled um, references um, lot, it's just it's just vulgar um, and it seems like the club Brentford Football Club um, have decided to take a stand on that so you know that's that's something we obviously welcome because it's not something that we I, I understand to be honest Bill I, I, I just don't I don't see the need to be as horrible as I can to to people especially at the moment uh, I, I use my my social media time in, in a different way um, and you know I think for our players um, for them to uh, to, to, to read um, some of some of this hate, uh, from their own fans um, and I know this one wasn't you said he was a Southampton fan but there has been a lot of instances where so-called supporters of our own club uh, are, are, are putting this out into the public domain and sometimes actually you know adding in the players themselves I mean Canos we, we've spoken about at length about some of the some of the dogs abuse he's been given um, this season and in Tony um, has, has, has got that in, in the last week. So, yeah, you're right to raise it as an issue. Um, it's, 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 it's heartening that the club um, have uh, kind of grasped this nettle now. Um, and it is a nettle. And it's a, it's a nettle that grows and grows unless, unless you kind of just try and rip it out of the roots. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the club 
uh, go forward with this because you know um, I think they've not got a great record if I'm honest with you on on, on sort of tackling this problem and uh, you know I, for them to be being quite strict and firm and and putting out the, the like their identity they kind of reframing who they are as a club and what their objectives are what they want to achieve so you know it's, it's a watch this space situation bill I mean, it's interesting you should say you know about the club's record I mean I'm there's some good people there and yes there have been some some moves made to stamp it out to make sure that and I'm going to say this because that, it's, it's, it's me I've been going for years and I can take this stuff but it's got to the stage now like I said to you where my daughter who's 12 years old who really gets it all she gets it and she understands it and I don't want my daughter to be subject or to be around this kind of situation to to understand what's going on and when she starts asking me questions because she's she's all over social media you know Brentford put out a TikTok video and like within 10 seconds because she subscribed to them she sent it to me going look at this look at that she knows what's going on and she's very very clever and she's talking around there and asking me questions about certain things that have happened in and around Brentford right you know certain things which to be quite honest with you I'm not proud of as a Brentford fan nothing to do with me but I'm proud of it you know what I'm saying so when I get my daughter coming up to me and asking me questions going how come that's happening here what about that racism thing there what is this dad like you know what I'm saying it makes me feel quite bad myself and I kind of like think I can't defend it and also the one thing that I do is I do explain to my daughter everything she knows what's going on she knows about the bad old days the good old days this the races everything like that and the club listen if you watch the Push Up Brentford documentary very very good documentary on YouTube go and check it out Sav and his people put that one out there yeah we we helped to you know put some bits and pieces some interviews for that put our old Brentford besotted footage into that as well which is great but also I talked on that documentary about what happened years ago there was a lot of racism happening around the club and the club basically turned its back on it so you're right Laney but on the flip side of it yes the club has realised the problems and it is trying to deal with it maybe a little bit late you know that there's a bit of head in the sand activity going on but the good thing about it is the club is trying to deal with it but demo i mean i think it's quite interesting you know you were talking about a little bit earlier about kind of people and abusing but do you think that the fact that a lot of people that do it they kind of do it under almost like a pseudonym under a different name they they don't even have the balls to put their face to it yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of people that hide um you know behind these sort of temporary accounts that they go and tear down you know a few hours later in some cases and uh, and on that note i think i think these platforms have, have really got to do a lot more to try and identify these culprits i mean this has been going on far too long now um and and, and they've got to tackle this in, in a much more proactive way um and, and I don't know if that, that sort of needs more sort of government pressure. Uh, but, yeah, they've, they've got, got to be held to account um, because there's just too many people hiding behind, behind keyboards. The thing that just kills me is just people seem to operate without consequence. They don't think about what they're doing. I mean, when I'm going to write something, if you're writing an article, you write something and you think about it, you put it out, then you publish it. It's going to be there forever. If somebody else decides to write a story, if somebody could write something on social media 
that is that is the equivalent of publishing something. If you if you're a publisher like you, Laney, you're a publisher. You go out there. You can't write something libelous because if you if you do, you've got consequences. And there's almost this this thing because social media is what it is. People can go out there and say what they want, do what they want, abuse what they want to. Normally they go under a pseudonym or they think they can hide because they're shitters anyway. So they're actually afraid to do it in their own name. But they don't realise that as soon as they do something like that, and people are obviously getting wind of it, the police are getting wind of it. They can actually come down and they can actually be in serious trouble. And that's what this kid, he's obviously gone off whatever he's done, but you've not actually really thought about what you're doing. And the issue that I've got is that people need to kind of like think a little bit more. It's not a laugh. And I'm not trying to be a dad here. It's just it's just not a laugh. It's just like, if you're going to do something and it's not right, take the consequences in the story. The thing is, I'm t- listen, I totally get this. And listen, I understand about the free speech thing. And listen, I, listen. like anybody else, I believe that people should be able to go out and say what they want to. When it comes to racism, is it really free speech? Is it really hate speech? This is, the, this is, the, this is where the kind of borderline of this where it comes to. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you, as a person like I have, been subjected continuously to this horrible, nasty abuse from people because the colour of your skin is that is that free could somebody go around and is it all right for somebody to go around and say that that is that and that is where for me the question lies and 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 i've said this before i used to get really pissed off when people and even the club used to turn around and say to me well that's politics we can't get involved in that and it became an excuse for them not to do anything excuse for people are always looking for excuses basically not to face up to things and again i'm I'm talking about other people now where are we at now are are people kind of have they admitted that this is actually not right and also what are what are they really doing about it you know i'm saying you know clubs like i said to you they're getting getting involved but what are also people doing about it because people i see a lot of people out there they complain they'll say oh yeah that's that's disgraceful but a lot of it has got to do with your own actions and your actions about people around you. Do you call out the people around you as well? Or are you quite happy to kind of call out when a celebrity gets socially, you know, gets, gets abused on social media? But what about the people, you know, what about, you know, what I'm trying to, it's really difficult what I'm trying to sort of kind of say here. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I see a, a little bit of kind of hypocrisy that goes on where people seem to be quite happy to kind of say this is really terrible because you've, uh, you've, you've called out a player, but they won't actually deal with the issue which is in their own backyard. If you, do, do you understand what I'm saying, Laney? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it's, it's something that's obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's blighted your, um, your youth. Um, you, you know, you, you, you came to Brentford and, you know, you, you suffered um, at the hands of, you know, some quite horrible, horrible abuse. Um, you know, and it's credit to you that you've, you've carried on and you've been kind of very, very forthright and very um, at the front of, of, of speaking about this over the years you know um, we've got campaigns like kick it out um, we've got obviously the players taking the knee at every game pretty much still um, up and down the land um, you've got clubs including our own going going on record and saying the kind of fans that you know if, if you're if you're like this as a person we don't want you at our club yet there's there's still you know a, a sizable amount of people um, that don't don't think that it actually 
affects them you know it's not you know we, no, no one's actually talking to them and you know some of the, some of the abuse is just unacceptable and but the thing is once they're once they're confronted by it if they were to say yeah i actually believe in it i actually believe this and this is why but they don't it's it's like they say they've been grassed up or something you know and you know it's someone else's fault that they are saying this if you publish something in the public domain you have to be able to be made accountable for what you what you write it's interesting you made that point there's a couple of points there i should write this all down first of all that public domain thing makes me really laugh people are some of them are so stupid it's like they're going around saying people are grassing them up but i'm not being funny if you put something on a public internet forum the chances are that somebody's going to see it you know what i'm saying that's the first thing as well and also the other thing is that this whole thing about and, and, and i'm talking about this thing about kind of um people and integrity and i've, I've had this situation and one of my mates really good mates of his, is is uh, is is his brother-in-law right is a proper full-out racist national front fully straight up so we end up going to his house barbecues and parties and you know sit down there and I turn up there and, and I've known him and we'd sit down and we wouldn't have the conversations we just talk about you know we just talk about whatever he knows how I feel and he knows that I speak out against it and he knows I know that he's straight up racist and I think we had a conversation about it one time you know and he turned around to me and says look listen there Bill look I know you what you're about you know what I'm about we're cool you know what I'm saying because basically what he's saying is that I'm a racist you know I'm a racist I hate black people. I hate blah, this, that, the other. I go fighting, I'll beat him up, I'll do whatever. But he's almost like going, I respect you because you have your opinion and you do your thing. I've got my opinion and I do my thing. And in a strange way, I kind of looked at him and I thought, tell you what, I'll get you because I know where you stand. But a lot, there's so many people out there who almost like they either don't believe they are racist, they don't know it, or they do, but they try and hide it, or they try and hide behind it. And those are the worst as far as I'm concerned, because at the end of the day, you've got to go by your actions. You've got to go around by the people who are around you as well. You've also got to go, so at the end of the day, is that you may call out and say, I'm not happy with that. But then afterwards, what you'll do is that you'll have people around you who are doing things, but you won't do anything about it. Or you'll say something like, oh, it's only one, or they're over-egging it, it's, it's not really a big deal. All those things really pee me off because it, sh- it shows to show you that you're actually not facing up to the issues. And to me, part of the problem with the world and racism as it is, there are too many people that actually don't really face up to the reality of it. They say things like what they say at football is like, oh, yeah, well, you know, there's a problem. Every club's got one or every club's got two. And it's kind of like it almost gives you an excuse not to do anything. And football hasn't been doing anything for so long because it's always had that attitude, you know. I've seen it even recently. said, oh, no, this, such and such isn't true what's been happening in and around. That's not true. It's not phased. It's almost like people have got rose-tinted glasses or they're not actually looking at what's happening in the world around them. And I, I kind of don't, I don't really get that because I'm thinking, look, I'd much rather... There's certain people who are out there who are straight up. You know where they are and you think, fair enough, I know who you are. But it's the kind of people who pretend or they try to be in the middle there, but they're not really catching helping the issue because they're not dealing with it face on and they're not actually admitting that there is an issue and looking to deal with it. You, you see what I'm saying, the fly man? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this, I think there's still a long way to go and I, and I totally hear, hear you. And um, I think, I mean, you, you said it yourself, that there's still far too many people who... who who'll have a, a, a friend that's a black person and they'll they'll sort of criticise black people in general and then they'll turn around to you and say, oh, but you're all right, Bill, because, you know, we're mates. And that, and, and they think that's acceptable. But, you know, that's just not acceptable. And it, it, never, it never has been, really, but to them it, it still is. 
the thing about it is that it's about people and their attitude. If you listen, if you're positive-minded, okay, and you're not feeling this, then you kind of need to be a little bit more active. To be quite honest with you, there's too many people and good people as well who turn around and say, "Oh, it's not the same," you know, with our football club, or it's not the same around our area. It's not like that at all. Oh, there's only one person, and all these phrases which really, really annoy me because you know a lot of the time it isn't just one person, or it isn't just you know your club or whatever. You know that there is actually an issue, and the problem is that when people actually kind of like belittle it like that and turn around and actually kind of make the issue like there's no issue, that's more of a problem than the issue itself because at the end of the day, it's never going to be dealt with. And it's almost like I don't know whether or not people are being rose tinted about it or whether or not they actually really do believe that. But the fact is that you need to open up your eyes and realize that there are issues out there. Start looking around you, and if people around you ain't doing what you feel is right, you need to actually start to be a little bit more active, Laney. Don't you think so? Yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. Obviously, I'm you know I'm not going to say anything other than completely and utterly agree with you. But you know that, that's why I I say also that it's it's interesting to see that the club are taking this seriously at last um, you know I'm not going to pat them on the back um, and you know I, I'll just see it can be kind of soul destroying hopefully we'll be better um, when your daughter is in her 20s um, but you're right to raise um, the concerns about taking her at the moment I, I don't think you're you're blowing things out of any proportion at all I'm not throwing things out of proportion. I've been around there for years. And like I said to you, I don't give a monkey's about me. It's about the kids. It's about my daughter. And I want my daughter to be in an environment, in a positive environment. I'm a positive person. She's a positive girl. She knows everything. And if she, and she needs to go into a positive environment. And when she starts saying things to me about the environment that I'm taking her in, that she's a little bit uncomfortable, she's not happy, and she's asking me questions about why certain things are happening, why certain people are doing certain things, and why, basically, there's a lot more negativity and racism in and around the club that I'm bringing her into. That is a major, major problem for me. And the thing is, <laughs> we're having this conversation, and we've just come out of the mental health one, and we weren't going to go into a deep one about it, but I just thought this thing happened yesterday, and then I saw the, the follow-up today, and I thought, tell you something... We got a platform here, we got a podcast, and I thought I'm gonna to have to say something. And look, some people may not like what I say, might not like what you say. I don't care. I'm saying what I feel. I've been in and around this for years. The thing about it is that as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about me, but it's about my, my son, it's about my daughter, and it's about their friends. And I don't want them in and around this, right? And this the environment around Brentford at the moment now doesn't make me feel hundred percent proud, I have to admit, right? To bring my kids into, right? And that situation has to change. They're trying to change it, but it has to change. But if everyone, too many people are out there are pretending that it isn't an issue, then, then I've got a real problem with that. And I'm a black person and I know a lot about this issue. So please listen to me, what I am saying here. And know it may make, make feel, some people feel really uncomfortable, but sometimes you have to feel a little bit uncomfortable so that you get up your ass and do something about it. But anyway, listen, let's forget talking about this for now. Let's go on and talk about some football. So Luton Town came to New Griffin Park. Luton Town left no New Griffin Park with, with zero points. 
which is quite good for us actually and probably quite lucky for Brentford uh, it was a game where to be quite honest with you it was a really good result we scored a really good goal and we were looking really good in the first half and then in the second half we were as backs against the wall and we didn't look very good and Luton looked very good but they didn't get the goal that we thought they might have got and we got three points and to be honest with you last season we probably would have at least we would have drawn that we might have even lost that so in a way you could kind of say that we are looking all good this season so far because things seem to be I don't know whether or not it's luck or whether or not it's skill or whether or not it's just I don't know just just we've learned a lot but we seem to be moving in the right direction I wouldn't say the rate of knots but we seem to be doing okay isn't it Laney? Yeah, um, I, I, I agree that you know we didn't make life as easy for us ourselves as we possibly could have done. You know, uh, I, I thought we deserved um, a second goal first half. Um, maybe we didn't quite push hard enough for that. I think, I think if we get two, we get three. Um, and going in one nil at the break, I think uh, Luton um, thought actually for all their all their football and all their possession, there's there's a chance of getting something out of this. And you know. They, they did put us under a lot of pressure in that second half. Um, I think our fitness levels uh, showed that we, we probably hadn't been training as hard um, as, we, as, as we normally do for, for the last 10 days since the training ground shut and the games were called off. I think we've obviously you know, um, gone into you know, lockdown and um, taken precautions to, to distance. Um, and I think that, that probably did take, uh, have an effect on in, in the second half. We, we tired. Um, but I still, although we were under pressure, I, I wasn't absolutely cacking myself. I have to admit, I, I, I thought that you know, we apart from maybe one or two chances that you know a, a, a more composed shot or um, you know a better bit of quality or the you know the goalkeeper that header that kind of went it was a bit of a new moment but it went wide anyway. I think Raya flapped one away. Yeah, I mean, fair play Luton. They, it was a massively, massively improved performance on, obviously, the 7-0 last season and, obviously, the 3-0 at their place earlier this season. So they're, they're, a, they're a decent-ish team in, in phases. Um, they had a couple of cracking players there as well. Um, so positives. But the biggest thing for us, really, was just to get the three points um, and, and get, get motoring again. Um, Damo, what did, what did you think? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with you there, Laney. I thought first half was was really good. I thought I thought Luton actually were very poor first half. They gave us a lot of space, and I was a bit disappointed that we really didn't turn the screw and try and you know just just put the game to bed in that first half because because um, it really felt like they were there for the taking. But then, as you say, second half they stepped up. They really um, they upped the tempo, and and obviously we we looked tired and and we we were pegged back. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, I mean, saying that, we, we could have scored a couple of goals towards the end of the game ourselves um, to, to make it look a lot more comfortable. But overall, um, a, a really hard-fought win and val- valuable three points, I thought. And as, as Bill said, I think that's the sort of game we, we probably would have either lost or, or drawn last season. So, so that's encouraging in that sense. I'm going to ask the question, OK, because we're going to be talking a little bit more. We're going to have, have a little bit of stats and, and more information which we can talk around the game a little bit more. But just coming back to this game, I've got a question because 
listen, we were we were knackered towards the end, especially in the second half. We were really, really tired, and obviously that is mainly because as well because we we hadn't played for for a couple of weeks. Uh, potentially there was you know coronavirus going through the squad, so you don't know how much that would have affected some of the players who may or may not have had it as well. But also some people are sort of kind of wondering in this window. Should we be strengthening? And I'm just wondering, just looking around the rumours that's happening around the club as to whether or not we should be bringing players in or players out. Now, um, interestingly, we had Thompson, who went out as left-back on loan to Swindon, which means that we haven't got any um, backup left-backs. Now, we thought, "Mm, maybe we should be, you know, getting another left-back in in his place. But from from what we can gather, we're not looking at any backup left-backs because we feel that we've got enough in the can here if we need to have a backup to Tony in um, and, and we've got you know we've got um, Mad Spec you know for a start we've got Fosu as well who can play on that side as well and uh, who else who else plays as, uh, as, as a left back as well we've got so I think we've got somebody else who potentially can play as a left back on that side as well so we've got you know that scenario so we don't look like we're going to be getting a left back scenario we've also got Pontus Janssen who's gone in for an ankle Operation, so we don't, you know, we've got Mads Beck again and 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 Pinnock as our main centre backs as well. Um, but it doesn't look like we're going to be getting any 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 um, anyone standing in as as as, as centre backs as well. Not bringing anybody else in. We're happy with what we've got. You know, we've got good, we've got Rakic as well. So which is quite interesting, you know. So at the moment now, again, we're looking like we're happy with what we've got. Obviously, if anyone comes in who's fantastic, Brentford are like, you know, anyone can improve the squad, we will bring them in. But at the moment now, we're looking like we're kind of keeping things as it is. Thoughts on that, Laney? Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an odd window. We've, we've spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, just saying, you know, what we kind of expected to, to be happening. Um, did, we, did we think that it would be a busy window for us or it would be kind of a, a quite of a flat one? Um, it, it, it's got all the vibes, it's got all, it's got all the feeling of being a, a flat one um, in terms of, like, we don't expect anyone to be sold of any significance, that is. Um, you know, there's a chance, you know, we're hearing that um, Devasoglu might be, might be going off to Turkey. Um, whether that's got any legs, or I'm not quite sure. But you know, there's there's looking at our bench yesterday. We had we had Dervisoglu on the bench. We had Fosu Henry on the bench. Um, Daniels um, obviously in goal. Um, Mads Roslev, Rasmussen, Alex Gilbert, Zambarex back in the fold. Um, Marcus Force, Finley Stevens. There's quite a lot of young, exciting talent there that we kind of not quite sure whether they're going to cut the mustard but they're in and around that first team squad and my my faith with the DOFs is not completely blind faith um, you know obviously if if there is a is a gaping weakness in the teams you know I, I am concerned at left back um, you know Rico Henry is the linchpin of of, of, of you know the way we rampage down that left side um, you take him out of it um, and we haven't got Thompson there anymore you you kind of quit question are we going to be as potent so that that is obviously a concern. Hopefully, he won't get injured. He doesn't get suspended, um, you know. But there's obviously, you know, there's uh, Josh the Silver to come back into that team as well. He was out suspended, you know, he's out suspended. I think we missed him last night. We missed the energy. We missed that drive. Nice to see more time for Godos. Um, I think he's kind of seized his opportunity from that FA Cup. He's, he's got two. Two uh, two goals now from two starts. Um, he's probably going to start again um, in the FA Cup. I would have thought against Leicester on Sunday. Um, it's nice to get an idea of what 
his potential is and I thought he looked really quite good filling in when um, when uh, Ivan Tony drifted back or wide um, Godos filled in you know like he, they played a number 10 role but f- slipped into that number 9 position and he was there for, for that you know sumptuous back heel and across and he got that he got the all important goal so I think the positives of not bringing lots of players in or any players in is that we learn as much as we can about the players that are here there's every chance that there's someone who's on the periphery of the first team that comes in and then shows us exactly why they were brought and they they emerge as the next big star so I'm hoping if we don't bring people in others seize their opportunity just just coming back to the left back actually it's Roslev was the other one that can fill in at left back as well as Fosu and Madsbeck so I think there's a bit of confidence there that you know that isn't a problem in that area as a backup where he goes um, just coming back to Dervisoglu as you said that as well it's Galatasaray who are uh, who's the latest which is very very strong word that Galatasaray are interested in him uh, the thing about it is obviously he needs he needs gay time he needs proper game time Dervisoglu so I, I would not be surprised actually if you see Dervisoglu go out to Galatasaray uh, on a loan because he needs to he needs to play minutes and he's not going to get minutes you know lots of minutes between now and the end of the season so I think that's probably something that may be looking to happen as well um, Emiliano is another one as well isn't it uh, 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 Demo as well the flower man Emiliano because he's been missing the last few weeks and a lot of people think because his contract is up at the end of the season this may be a little bit that he might be disappearing off the in the next few weeks isn't it yeah, no, I've seen that chat, but uh, I think Thomas Frank clarified that last night in saying that uh, he'd, he'd been struggling with a bit of a back problem and that he'd be out for a few more weeks yet. So um, read into that what you will. Um, obviously, he, he's not yet committed in terms of a, a contract. Um, I'd, I'd be more than happy to see him stay. Um, I think he's a, a really valuable player, um, but it remains to be seen whether he, he features in the uh, second half of this season. No, I was going to say, it's, you know, it's, it's good to see that there's no one in our squad that's kind of an issue, is a problem. We're not trying to move anyone on because they're just either awful or there's a personality thing going on. Um, you know, it, it, there's obviously some players that won't, won't quite make it. Um, that's, it's inevitable. Some that we will move on because we'll see someone that we we, we you know we uh, we gauge as being better. Um, you know we we are obviously gearing closer and closer to being a Premiership football club, um, and there's clearly a fair few players that probably aren't Premiership there. So if we were to go up, there will be quite a big churn, I, I, I would say. But for the moment. You know, for us to be third in the in the table now, um, still got a couple of games in hand on one or two of the others. One one game on some, um, and we're still really, you know, we've we've touched fifth gear once or twice, but not not really consistently. So we're third in the table, and there's still room for improvement. I say so. You know, I, I, again, do we really want to? have a, a a big amount of upheaval in January um, I just don't I don't necessarily see the benefit of it because we, we don't seem to be doing a lot wrong um, as it is 
Emiliano, he ain't going anywhere. He'll be he'll be around. I think Thomas explained the scenario, and I think Emiliano will be featuring big time in 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 the run into this campaign as well. I think the one area, and we discussed this quite a lot, and I think the one area which has not been covered here at all, and we talked about the the the, the Benrama factor as well, and I think we've come to the decision that you know that Godos isn't Benrama. I think that's probably the one area that we may be looking at where we're thinking that we're going to be getting somebody in that sort of left winger, a fast player, somebody who's actually going to be able to be taking players on. So I think that's going to be interesting. Interesting. And, and, and I tell you why that's interesting as well also because we're playing Swansea next week and Swansea are, you know, they're doing very well. And they've actually brought in um, uh, Jordan Morris from the MLS, one of the best players in the MLS actually as well. He plays for Seattle Sounders and he's come in as a loan. All the MLS fans, I've been listening to quite a lot of MLS in the last uh, couple of weeks as well, getting into the old MLS. Uh, and um, the, 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 the MLS fans are really confused as to why he's coming over to Swansea. I think they don't realise, you know, what a level we are in the championship because he's he's seen as being one of the best players in the MLS and he's fast, you know, he's going to, you know, he plays on the left wing normally there, but, you know, he could cause a bit of a problem for us next week as we're coming in. So it's interesting how Swansea are looking to kind of actually take that into their armoury. And I'm hoping that if we, when we go and play them next week, we'll have a very similar thing as well, where we'll be able to take that into our armoury to pull it out if we need to. But anyway, listen, we've been faffing around and just giving you our thoughts on the, from the top of our head off the back of the Luton game. But let's actually get some hard stone facts and stats from the spreadsheet winker Will. The spreadsheet winker, he's going to be giving us some stats on the Luton game. Spreadsheet winker, So let's have a look at the Luton game from Wednesday night. In terms of XG, Bees had 1.46, whereas Luton had 0.73. And it seems from that total that we bossed the game. It was certainly true in the first half. But without Matthias Jensen's 89th minute effort, where he seemed to run through the entire Luton defence before shooting wide, we would have had a very similar total to Luton. We only managed two big chances in their box, the Jensen shot and Godos' goal on 14 minutes, a 22% chance which came from quick interplay between Brian and Burmo and Ivan Tony on the right wing, before a pinpoint Tony cross was headed home fantastically by Salmon. The other notable thing about this goal for me is the fantastic pass from Ethan Pinnock in the build-up, which broke the Luton midfield line. The cross from Ivan had an XA, which is expected assists, just like expected goals, of 0.24. And this, alongside rotating with the front three, is clearly an aspect of Ivan game which he's been working on, with three assists in his last six games. Defensively, we did limit Luton to either headers or snatch shots in our box, though the miss by Harry Cormick on 80 minutes would have had a very high XG had he connected with the ball properly. We were good at clearing the ball and were especially good at winning aerial duels, winning 30% more than Luton did. And especially in the second half, Luton played with a very high tempo, pressing Brentford higher and higher as the game went on. They had 7.88 passes allowed per defensive action, which is a measure of how many passes the defending team lets their opposition have before tackling them, to Brentford's 10.33, one of the few times that we've been outpressed in the Championship this year. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not Brentford's pressing drops off as much as it did in the second half of this game in the coming weeks, after a two-week break for the squad following positive Covid tests. It could be that we just couldn't maintain the same high press for a whole match after so much time off training. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker. Um, he's, he's got a lot of love, the winker, actually. We, we tried to bin him off and, and people are so unhappy with that. And we had tried to 
had to put a call in and do the apology and sort of rip up his B45, I say, Rico, do you mind coming up and give us a few more sort of facts and stats? He was, okay, fair enough. So, uh, and the interesting thing, like I said to you, you know, we, we only created two big chances versus Luton. That was Godos's goal and, and Jensen's miss. Again, this is quite... This is quite a thing for Brentford at the moment now. We're creating less chances than we were before. And, uh, and, and defensively, we seem to be quite good. I mean, Laney, is this the new Brentford way? I mean, this, is this how it's going to be going from now until the end of the season? Or is this a bit of just a one-off? Yeah, possibly. You know, I think you're right to, uh, you know, to highlight you know, the, the left side, um, more advanced position, um, you know, the Ben Rama role. Um, if we could bring Daniel James in, uh, for, that, that, that would be quite hard. That, that would please me. Um, someone that could come in and absolutely terrorise uh, defences. That's, that, that's, that's what we're kind of missing on that left. I, 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 thought, I thought that Luton, although they gave us a fair amount of space, they, they, they were kind of quite tight at the back. Um, you know, in terms of like they were, they had, they had a fixed defensive uh, kind of rigidity there, um, and I, I think yeah, we are going to get less because I think people know more about us. They they know that we're we're going to hit them on the break, and um, you know we can come at them with speed. I think people are just wary. They've, they've they've seen us over the last few years. They know they're just prepared for you know what Brentford do. So we are going to be frustrated at times, but you know it's important that when we do get a chance, we're we're clinical, um, and we were last night with with the Godos goal, um, and we didn't create a huge amount after that, did we? Um, I don't I don't think uh, you know I think um, uh, obviously Tony probably should have done better with a couple uh, early in the second half. Um, so yeah, you know, I just thought it was a, it was a, just a very average performance last night by Brentford, and you know, it was just the three points. That's all that mattered to me. I would have taken one 0 at the beginning, if I'm honest. So Luton were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities through their individual skill. You know, they stole the ball from us as well, and they were effective at creating uh, opportunities from counter attacks. Basically, they were creating chances in that second half, in particular. Uh, you were talking about they're creating chances, and they had us on our toes. The question I'm going to say to you is that Damo is that always likely to happen, and and what would happen if we played a team who actually had a better strike force? That's an interesting one. Um, I, th- I thought, I mean, we defended we defended very well in that second half. I thought, I mean, it, as Laney said, it, it was it was worrying, but I wasn't properly crapping myself that we were, um, you know, we were going to ship several goals I, I, th- I think we um, we stood firm really and we limited them to uh, just a couple of I think they had two good chances maybe but um, I mean okay we, we had a lot of pressure on us but uh, I think overall we defended we defended pretty well in that second half and that's that's definitely encouraging. Definitely encouraging. Tell you what is also encouraging as well is a player who, for the second game running, I think has had a magnificent game. There's a lot of question marks about him who's getting lots of abuse on social media again, as people do as well, which is Sam and Godos, who came here with a little bit of hype. I mean, a lot of people thought he's going to be a replacement for Ben Rama. We've... I think we've grown to realise that he's actually not the replacement for Ben Rama. He kind of does his own thing and he likes to play in a particular type of, I suppose, kind of sort of floaty type role. And uh, I think they found a role for him where he kind of plays a little bit, maybe a little bit deeper at times. And Saman Goddess, I mean, he scored a great goal in this game as well. And he got the top rating on whoscore.com for Brentford as well. So I think that's really positive that, again, we seem to have players coming into their game at the right time, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, he was very impressive early on. He did some great interceptions. He, he, he was reading the game really well. Um, he, he had a, an energy about him, and obviously he, he, he wants to 
you know, a desire to, to seize his moment, and he did, you know. Um, so more of that. Um, as, as I said earlier on, I, I expect him to get another start against Leicester at the weekend. Uh, and it just gives us all just a little bit more understanding of what he's capable of. I still don't think he's, you know, a, a regular when we're at 100% full strength um, but he's, he's going he's gonna, to um, play an important part if, we, if, we, if we're there or thereabouts for the remainder of the campaign which I don't see any reason to suggest we, we, we're not going to be in fact we, you know, I, I still think it's gonna, we're going to get stronger and stronger um, you know, we're going to call upon the whole squad uh, the games are coming thick and fast still um, we're still in the FA Cup we've got two games to make up it's 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 going to be relentless. So all of those fringe players are going to going to get their going to get their chance, and you know that's, that's why again I just don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of kind of churn this transfer window. I think the DOFs are kind of quite happy, um, and then we'll see where we're at in the summer. Definitely, we'll see where we're at in the summer. And talking about where we're at in the summer, there's something that we seem to only do in the second half of the season. As we know, uh, as a stats club, we like our stats. We pull them out the bag. We've had the winker who's given us stuff. We'll have JB a little bit later, but also uh, 5.38. We used to look at that a lot last season to see where people are ranking us. And at the moment now, it looks like they've got Norwich at the top of the pile where they're predicted um, top of the pile at the end of the season, finishing the end of the season 89 points, okay, um, with a... Uh, 73% chance of promotion and a 43% chance of winning the championship than Brentford. They've got in second place 85 points with a 63% chance of promotion and 27% chance of winning promotion. Then interestingly, the third place team they've got is actually Watford, who they believe has got a 40% chance of making promotion and only a 10% chance of the championship than Swansea. Bournemouth and then Reading come after that so that's quite interesting how things have shifted around only in the last month because Bournemouth were, were right up there beforehand Brentford have, to be fair have stayed you know kind of in the first second third spot I've always got a little bit nervous like I said to you when the XG when the stats people have us at the top of the table and I, I did prefer it when we were about fourth you know because I'm thinking actually that's not too far to fall away then now but you know as we're sort of kind of creeping up the table again there's a, there's, there's a lot more kind of you know people are expecting a lot more of us Laney, I mean, this is familiar territory for us again, isn't it? You know what I think about these tables. I, I, I am very interested in them. Um, they don't guarantee anything come the end of the year, but it's uh, it's just nice to see who's, who's sort of doing the right things. I am surprised by Bournemouth losing the last couple of matches. When, when we played them, I thought that, that opening sort of 10, 15 minutes, they were by far the best team I'd seen uh, you know, in the championship this year uh, and we, we matched them after that and we deservedly won um, so yeah I, I still think Bournemouth have got w- way too much about them there's way too much skill uh, there to, for them to fall away completely um, so yeah I, 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 but all of those teams you mentioned in that top four or five they're all going to be there I don't, think, I don't think we're looking at anyone else coming in making a late charge I think those top six aren't really going to change I think from what I've seen 
they're all really solid, very good all attacking football teams. There's no there's no spoilers in there. There's no uh, there's no kind of like Cardiff City that are you know just winning games but playing rudimental football. They're all, all the teams that are at the top. You would want to play if you were Brentford because I think we on our day we stand a chance. There's no one in there that's going to come and sort of put a roadblock there. You know like uh, you know Nottingham Forest did last season. They're all teams I think going our best 11 versus their best 11 we beat them Flamen I mean this is uh, again in a, way, in a strange way we're actually in a better position now than we were at this time last season uh, it probably doesn't feel like that but we are in, in lots of different ways defensively you know we're tighter we're, we're not making the silly mistakes we're not losing those silly one nils and, and it's been reflected in these figures like listen it's not the be all and the end all we know that but these things are always a little sign as to you doing the right things I'd rather be second in this chart than be 22nd in this chart because if you're 22nd in this chart you know that at one stage things could all fall away and you could be in all sorts of trouble like Nottingham Forest last season who are about 18th in this chart and they were like in fourth in the league at this time and by the end of the season they're out of it I try not to read too much into those charts but they are that they do sort of give you a bit of a boost when you when you're sort of doubting the um the abilities of the team at times but uh no I think it's it, the, the other stat of course is that we've got more points at this stage in the season than we've ever had in in this championship era so that's really encouraging 44 points halfway through um so if we can double that and you know get, get to 88 but come the end of the season, I reckon that'll be enough. Um, so we, we, we've got to just keep going. Um, as Laney says, I think we'll get stronger as the season goes on. We've got players to come back from injury. Hopefully, you know, we sign someone during this window. Um, yeah, lots, lots to be, uh, lots to be positive about. And the other thing we have to mention, Bill, is last night was six, made it 16 games unbeaten. You know, which you know, is staggering. You know, that's, that is a that's a third of the season, um, and you know it, it, there's every chance that continues. You know, we also know that it within that there's games that we've drawn um, that we probably would have liked to have won, but there's, there's probably games in there that we drew that you know on another another season we probably would have lost. So you're right. You, I think you, Bill. I think you said it earlier. It, it's, although we we do seem to be improving year on year in terms of our kind of um, robustness you know we're, we're not fragile little you know flowers anymore that just play pretty football and then a gust of wind comes along and all the petals fall off you know th- this is this is a team now that is equipped to be competing at the very top end of the championship and then I know that after watching us play against that Spurs team um we we would we probably would survive in the, in the, in the higher division. So you know, I'm, there's nothing I see that sets any alarm bells off, and that might be a bit dull. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not crying out for five players and thirty million quid to be spent this transfer window. I don't I don't think it actually helps. It might actually it might mess up what we're you know what we're achieving. That might have to happen in the summer if we were to go up. I'm not I'm not stupid, but um, at the moment I just don't think. That we need to be kind of, uh, you know, just just threatening um, that w- what is what is currently, you know, progressing really, really in a solid way. We talk about progressing in a solid way. Talking about the stats and the figures and the facts that you've been thrown down. We like every every single show. I've, I've had to call him up as well and apologise because we've had to get JB back on because people were really not happy that JB wasn't able to present his facts and funk. So today. We got him back, and JB's going to give us 
some facts and funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Woo! JB, and he's ready to stock it to you one time. Hello, Jonathan Bertrand back again. After the first half of the season, we now have 44 points. That's more than any of our other championship seasons. Seven ahead of this stage last season, and four ahead of our first season. 44 is also the same number achieved in the second half of last season, which is also our best second half performance. On average over those six seasons, the team finishing in second place has 89 points. After a gap of 70 years of not drawing Leicester City in the FA Cup, we now play them in New Griffin Park's first fourth round game, as we did in Old Griffin Park's last one, a year ago. It was their visit in the FA Cup sixth round in 1949 that drew our record home gate of 38,678, when fans started queuing at 8 in the morning for a 3pm kickoff. We lost that match, as we had done with our other three FA Cup meetings with them. With Thomas Frank back in the dugout, it'll be his third fourth round tie. So during his tenure, we've now reached this stage more times than under Martin Allen and Malcolm McDonald, who both did it twice, and he is now only behind Harry Curtis with his nine fourth round ties. So Leicester City in the FA Cup, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Like, you know, here we go again. Exactly the same spot last season. Leicester City, we played in the Cup, except for that time we went down the pub beforehand. We met all our Leicester chums, our buddies, you know, the Leicester, the Proud Foxes and all that lot, you know, the Rish and the full crew. We we met them all and we had a right good laugh and then we went to the game and then we lost because we played a a second string team or a, a squad side. We played a squad side against Leicester last season because we had our league firmly in our grass and uh, you know we were sort of kind of happy with that because we we thought it's going to do us the business uh, um, you know in freeing up our players and getting us promoted but then you know but listen this season we're back here again we're playing Leicester and I think it's going to be quite a similar situation with the team this time because it's going to be all about who we're going to play and I just think obviously Ivan Tony's out because he's got a red card and we've got Josh De Silva out because he's got a red card so I think decisions made for that and that's probably quite good because we're not even going to have those discussions because uh, they wouldn't have played anyway now other than that I think that we're still looking at a squad side as we say a, 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 a do I say second string but it's a kind of Brentford B plus side playing against um, Leicester and I think that's the right move don't you Laney? Yeah, I, I think uh, it will be a similar team to the, 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 the Brentford team that beat uh, Newcastle in the quarterfinals of the, the League Cup. Um, and they were more than good enough on the day to beat Newcastle. i got a feeling that we, we will meet our match. Uh, Leicester, I've seen a fair bit, and they they excite me. They're, they're, a, they're a fantastic team. You know, I, I don't think Brendan Rodgers will obviously go 100% full strength himself, but I, I, I think that you know, as we saw last year, um, Leicester have got a real strength and depth, and they play this brilliant style of football. I think it's going to be a great game. I just think they'll be too strong for us. They'll be too strong for us, but we need to. Well, we need to get. We need to get more than Laney's words because it sounds like he's sort of making it up. It'll be too strong for us. We're going to get. An, we're going to get a Leicester expert instead, Brad from Leicester Fan TV. He's going to tell us whether or not Leicester will be too strong for Brentford this weekend. Hi guys, just quickly going to say thank you for having me on. I'm Brad from Leicester Fan TV. You can find us on our YouTube channel if you want to catch our talk before this game. Just hit please hit subscribe and help 
find us out and if you like your podcast you can check us out on all of them you know spotify google and apple and lots more if you prefer to find us on there you'll find us there i'm just going to dive straight into these questions that you've got for us uh first one leicester have had a great season so far talk us through it yeah just improvement on last season i think we knew last season the mental the mentality of of that talk and 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 the whispers of Champions League football maybe got the better of us and we've just progressed and developed as a side uh, and it's good to see and we've come through this with great positives and I'm just pleased with the start and I just hope it continues. Brendan's doing a brilliant job this series and at season and we're seeing what he can do as a manager. To be honest with you. Uh, question two, Brendan Wood has big shoes to fill, obviously winning the league and how does it compare to that side? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comparison you can take from it, the heart, the desire, the effort, the the, the way they're drilled, you know, with Harvey Barnes and Madison, who I thought, again, gave a, gave a brilliant interview after the game, the way they handled the, the questions thrown at them in regards to title talks, etc., they're brilliantly done and it just shows that maturity of how they handled the, the the media attention when it was talked upon when Ranieri did it, you know, 5,000 to 1. So there's a lot to compare them to in that sense. And it's good to see it. It does have similar traits to that season. Currently top of the Premier League, it's safe to say you're one of the top six sides. Yeah, definitely on form when one of the top six sides. I don't think there's many people that could argue with it and I'd love to hear the argument against it if people said we weren't a top six side on form. I think to be one of a consistent one, we need to obviously back up last season, getting Europe with this season and obviously the way we're you know, being top counts for nothing right now. It's great as, as great as it is to see, but I have to follow in the steps of James Madison and start to say, as long as we keep this going through the rest of the season, we'll back up Europe with another European finish and then we can start to be maybe looked at over a permanent stay in the top six side. But yeah, right now we're showing the qualities of one of the top six sides in the Premier League. You guys here, you've, you missed out on promotion last season, but are obviously eyeing it up this season. Is there a golf... Uh, between the Championship and the Premier League. There is, but it's not as dramatic as people make out. I don't think it's so much of a, a talent because the Championship is by far, in my opinion, the most competitive league out there. You know, from you could be in a relegation battle, then you could be in a promotion battle, or, you know, it, it, you could be in, you could be first and all of a sudden you miss out on the playoffs with four or five games to go. It's a crazy division. I think the gulf is more the fact that that it's it purely comes from the money side of things. You get that big bulk, that big boost from your promotion, and you have to spend it wisely. You have to kind of invest it well, at, and 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 just try and stick around for the first season. It literally is survival of the fittest up there. And sometimes I think the managers take the wrong approach to it, and that ultimately is why more teams come down than stay up in their first season. Uh, from the championship because it's such a difficult transition to make because you're unfortunately now fighting a money battle um i'm gonna have to avoid one question because i can't find a short answer for it but um i do admire the fact that you do find roughs in the diamonds using the same techniques as leicester but i don't know enough about it to talk about it but i do think the fact that both have great scouting systems and the way they use it you can tell by the fact that the top teams are wanting the players from Brentford and they're wanting them from Leicester and they're wanting them from Southampton, a team that you mentioned that use stats to find these players. Um, you know, 
are probably scratching heads going, why aren't our guys finding these players when they're capable of doing it? But maybe we should look at them and look at how they do things. So it's a very great um, compliment to, to the clubs that do it like that. So it's great to know that Brentford do it the same way and that's why you're finding these stars like, like we are that are hidden away that other clubs aren't finding using different methods. Uh, last season we met in the FA Cup. It was a very good game to be fair. Very much second string from yourself, from ourselves, uh, but Leicester lined up with a mix of second string and first team. Um, yeah, I don't really like the term second string. I prefer the team squad team because I feel if you're on the bench, no matter the time, no matter the opponent, if you're on the bench, then you're deemed good enough to step in at any point of the season or at any point at any game for whatever reason and do the job at a first team standard if you're not on the bench or not in the starting 11 that at that point for for whatever reason under under your manager's eyes you're not good enough for that occasion and that's why you're not in the team unless it's an injury so i i think you've just got to manage what you've got they're both competitive leagues we want to finish in the champions league we'll see come later on in the months if that changes to something higher but right now it is get Champions League yourselves going for promotion after missing out last season you know you've got to manage what's in front of you I think we want to win it I think Brendan wants to win it and will field a strong enough side that he feels is capable to get past you in this competition and go further into the competition and enable us to then go into the next league game and be strong enough to get three points in that. And I just think that's how it is. Um, I think when the tie comes around, you should look out for is George Thomas if he comes in. If you think watching Justin and Castagne this season has been something of a marvel, then I'm telling you this. If you want to call it second string, uh, George Thomas is one that's just as good as them, if not sometimes on his day he can be just as good, if not better. And and it's not exactly like he gets an even easier task for you having someone of, you know, George Thomas's quality on the pitch on that day. He can get forward well, he can cause you issues. Brentford should just approach us by not giving us too much respect. You just don't need to respect a team like that. You need to get in our faces. And if you do do that, I think that's where you try to do that in the game, from what I remember. And it was really good of you. You know, you gave us a very tough game for the quality you show. And I'm expecting a very tough game, again, as long as you approach us in the same manner. So I'm going to quickly just end by giving my score prediction for that. Look, I love the championship side. I always admire a team that's that's very much similar in ours with i.e. the talent you get and how you produce them and develop them. I think it's brilliant. Uh, but I'm a Leicester fan and I want us to win the FA Cup, so I'm going to go with a 2-0 Leicester scoreline, kind of keep a pattern of the last couple of games in the league. Uh, and that's all the questions I've got here. So I just want to say a massive thank you for having us on. It's been a pleasure doing this podcast for you. Uh, all the best in the league and hopefully see you in the Premiership next season. That'll be an interesting one to talk about. And yeah, again, just catch us if you want to catch our side of things where we've had guests on our show. Um, uh, check us out on YouTube and Spotify by searching Leicester Tide TV. Thanks for having us on and uh, enjoy your season. So there is Brad, Leicester Fan TV, and yes, he talks about rotations, he's talking about sort of kind of flipping the players out, he's talking about, you know, giving, giving props to Brentford as well. Um, listen, you know, 
we know we know the score here, but Brad's told us his view, but the winker is actually going to give us a little statistical analysis on Leicester, because that will actually give us a little bit more of insight there. The winker, what do you know about Leicester? Leicester come into this cup tie, one of the form teams in the Premier League, off the back of convincing 2-0 wins against Chelsea and Southampton. In both these games, they created plenty of big chances in the opposition box, allowing for plenty of goals. Jamie Vardy has been especially prolific this season, with 11 goals from 13.21 xG, and there are a few other players with 4 and 6 goals to their names too. James Madison has been overperforming massively, with 6 goals off of just 1.74 xG, making him easily one of the most clinical finishers in the league. And in the last game against Chelsea, their opponents had 65% possession, and yet only mustered 0.67 xG, suggesting that Leicester were very happy to sit off and let Chelsea pass harmlessly in front of them. They had a particularly low pressing game plan, with a huge 21.14 passes allowed per defensive action. And like with all Premier League ties, if Leicester play a strong team, I think the Bees will struggle to break them down, especially with Leicester's defensive abilities. However, if we can get some luck off of a counter-attack or set-piece, we could easily score given the abilities of our players. Defensively, I think we'll need to be disciplined on counters and set-pieces, where the Foxes can be the most lethal. So there you go, Damo, Leicester, it could be a little bit of a problem, or to be quite honest with you, maybe it could be actually a little bit of fun, because I thought that Borough game was a lot of fun. We just went out there, we had nothing to lose, and we went out there, and I thought it was a really good game of football. Looks like they're going to change their team a lot, and we will do as well, and it can actually work in our favour, couldn't it, Damo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at the uh, the League Cup run we had, um, and, you know, I, I mean, I looked at the team in some of those uh, some of those rounds of that, of that competition, I thought, yeah, we're probably going to lose this, and we, and we came through it. We beat teams, and we beat Premier League teams. So, you know, there's going to be confidence there, whatever whatever side we put out. And and also, don't forget, this is a great opportunity to blood some of these youngsters. You know, we, we had the likes of Gordon, Gilbert, Haygarth, Stevens, all, all impressing in that Middlesbrough game in the, in the uh, previous round. So, Giving them some game time is uh, is a really good positive move and, and, and you know more another step in the right direction towards the first team for them. Definitely. So listen, going around the table here, the virtual table, Laney, give us a score prediction. Three-one uh, Leicester. Ooh, the flat man. I'm going to say one-all Leicester to win on penalties. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm going to go one-all Brentford to win on penalties. So there you go. So look, listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Thanks for listening to us. Make sure that you give us a massive, great big shout out. Um, tell you something, the Kofi and all that lot. We'll talk about that next week because we had so much to talk about this time. But like I said to you, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for giving us reviews on iTunes and everything else. Still go on and do the same. Enjoy yourself this weekend. Watch lots and lots and lots and lots of FA Cup football. We're playing on Sunday, don't forget. I think the kickoff is at 2.30 and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. I'm hoping that our B-plus players or whatever they are, they'll go out there and they will do the business against Leicester. And also Leicester, they gave us a lot of respect last season, to be fair. I've got lots of Leicester mates who will be listening to this, the Steve and the Rishi and, and, and the Jordan and all the characters out there. Hope you can sit down there and enjoy this match as well. But anyway, my name's Billy Grant here and I'm in the virtual joint. I've enjoyed my podcast with my buddies here. I've got the flower man in the house. Hey. <laughs> and I've got the laney man in the house. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. And listen, and as we say, we give Brentford a big cheer. As we say, as we go into the big match, here we go. Come on, Come on you bees. Come on, you
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.